Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. My name is Matt Barker. I'm the Features Editor of Campaign. I'm joined today by UK Editor Maisie McCabe. Hi, Maisie. Hello. We're going to be handing over to Creativity and Culture Editor Gurdjit Deegan in a little while, and she's going to be looking back at last week's Campaign Big Awards. As she's going to have guests Miranda Hitwell, Martin Beverly from Adam and Eve DVB, and also Lindsay Atkin and Zaid Al-Kazab from Channel 4. Did you enjoy the bigs last last week? Maybe? I did. Thank you very much. Yeah, oh, great, good. wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good yeah. night. I mean, you know, it seems a bit weird saying that about your own party, but um, <laughs> a little bit boastful. Uh, but I, it was good. So it was at the Londoner. We sold out, which mm. is fantastic. Um, and there was a, a wide range of different brands and agencies um, on the shortlist and then also among the winners. So we kind of had multiple businesses going home with like two, three, four awards, which I think is a sign of health, really. Absolutely. And did, you, did you enjoy it? I had a great time. Yeah, I, I always enjoy those awards. Um, good food, good people, good company, a little bit of drink. Yeah, it was It was. Uh, it's it, nice it was wine at fun. the Londoner. It's better it than is. some of the hotels. Yeah, well, other, you can other, say that. Yeah, other hotels are available. <laughs> um, but yeah, and also there's some, I don't know, it, it felt a bit kind of, Transitionally, if that's if that's mm-hmm. a word, I don't, I don't believe sure. it is. But you know, transitional, just, yeah. Because I think the last few events, there's been external factors going on. There's been COVID. There's been there's been a lot of social things going on as well. Purpose has hung heavy. But I think this this was maybe the first one when it it felt a bit in a very positive way. It felt business as usual, mm-hmm. didn't it? Really, yeah. No, it was good, and there's a good range of people in the room. Everyone was quite respectful. Kerry Godleman was the host, and she did a fab job. Mm. Um, advertising audiences aren't always good at listening, she shall we to say? Them. Yeah, 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 and people stayed in the room and stuff. I was just chatting to somebody about it upstairs, and yeah, if you compare it to sort of ten years ago, it felt like a much more kind of vibrant event somehow. Mm. Um, which I think has got we've got to take as a win. And some really nice speeches as well, I thought. Some, some really sort of interesting ones as well. Yeah, so our um, our two chairs this year um, were Lindsay Atkin from, interestingly, from uh, <laughs> who Gets About, uh, from Fourth Creative, and also Alex Grieve, who's the Global Chief Creative Officer at BBH. Um, and yeah, so there was some, some jokes, some kind of, you know, call to arms, I suppose, in their speech. Um, one of the things that Alex spoke about was the sad passing of Tony Cullingham, mm. who was obviously famous for the Watford course and then uh, developed the barn, which was at BBH as a sort of um, a trainee scheme. And um, he used his speech to, to talk about Tony and his legacy, really. And he said he described Tony's passing as a, an unfathomable loss. Um, and then went on to say, but of course, in so many ways, Tony hasn't left us. He is still here in this room. We hear his voice through the hundreds of students he taught. Students who yesterday, today and tomorrow have, are and will shape the creative direction of this industry. One of the very few industries that we are still world class at. So, um, you know, obviously a little bit of Alex's dry kind of humour at the end there. Um, But we, um, my colleague Imogen Watson did a great podcast about Tony Cullingham a few weeks ago. Um, And so we can put that in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to hear more about his legacy. One of the things we did sort of, it was kind of instigated by Imogen and also Julia Nightingale at PPH. Mm -hmm. We renamed the Emerging Team Ward after Tony. Which is Um, great, isn't it? Yeah, because it was like really fitting because we wanted to sort of mark his passing in a way that was um, appropriate. Mm -hmm. And they seemed like to sort of celebrate young talent was the best way to do that yeah yeah so um so yeah hopefully that'll be something that obviously we'll continue to do i mean it's really noticeable when you look at we did a piece when tony died and it had um tributes from people who'd kind of 
who've learned from him. And it's, you know, the huge proportion of the creative leaders across the industry went to Watford um, mm. or, or had a connection to him in some way. And that's, you know, really powerful, really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was powerful is the word. It was, it, it was a great moment, actually. Um, I always assume this time of year that things get a bit quiet. You know, Christmas is looming and everyone just thinks, well, I'll do that after Christmas. I'll do that in the new year. But this week's been quite bonkers on the movers front, hasn't it? Yeah. There's, there's been an awful lot going on in Adland. No, there has. It's interesting. So we've had yeah multiple stories from across like different bits of the industry. It's sort of, I mean, in a way, weeks are blurring into one. <laughs> we've got Christmas ads as well. Uh, but one of the big news um, stories we had last week was about Accenture. So um, Damonette King, I remember the mm-hmm. dame, uh, started there in October and has already been promoted, which is basically the usually the way she works. Mm-hmm. Um, she obviously previously was the UK chief exec of Publicis Group. So previously Accenture Song was divided into sort of eight groups. So they had four solutions and four expertise. Um, and so they've decided to kind of consolidate those and instead they're going to have four practices. Um, so it means Annette's got a bigger remit um, mm-hmm. and she's going to be responsible for things like the performance marketing and also the kind of marketing um, structure and consultancy bits of the business as well. So she's still based in London, um, but I'd imagine we'll be traveling quite a lot. It's a global role. Right. Um, so yeah, not bad getting promotions first month. So um, <laughs> yeah, I spoke to David Droger about it a bit, and um, you know there'll probably be more to follow. It's interesting, you know they've got um, they've got a big team, big plans. They were it was an eighteen billion dollar business last year, so mm. it's really huge. Also, there's been changes to VML this week as well. Yeah, indeed. Obviously, WPP announced that it was going to merge after previously merging JWT and Wonderman and VML and YNR, they're now going to merge the sort of those merged businesses. How many times can I say merge in a sentence? <laughs> Which has like red pen. Uh, so they're now going to merge Wonderman Thompson with VML YNR to make a new business, which is actually getting smaller. So it's just going to be called VML. So we got a bit more information about the UK structure. VML appointed Pip Holbert, who was the chief exec of Wonderman Thompson UK, as its UK chief exec. Um, so that follows the merger, as I already said. She's going to report to Ewan Sturgeon, who's the Amir chief exec at VML, as it will be. Justin Powell, who was the co-chief exec of VML Art London, is going to become a global client lead at WPP. And Michelle Whelan, who was the other co-chief exec at VML Art London, is going to be UK chief client officer. So there's bound to be more changes. We've obviously had the Laurent Simon has left, who was the chief creative officer at BML YNR. And also um, Steve Aldridge, who was the chief creative officer at Wonderman Thompson, has uh, left, you know, potentially not related to this restructure. Um, so there's, there's evidently going to be a few more appointments probably to be made, you know, in the UK and I guess globally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting times. Uh, before I hand over to Gurdjit, just to remind you that we are going to be publishing our annual end of year lists from the 4th of December. Uh, it's the first time they're going to be online only. So do keep an eye out for a couple of little extras in there. But uh, that's it from myself and Maisie. Over to you, Gurdjit. Thank you, Matt. So hello, I'm Gurdjit Deegan, uh, Campaign's Creativity and Culture Editor. Today's main interview uh, is about the Campaign Big Awards, which took place at the Londoner Hotel in Leicester Square last week. Some of the highlights include Adam and Eve DDB winning Agency of the Year, again, uh, Full Creative winning Best Campaign for uh, Channel 4 Idents. Uh, Full Creative also won the 
consistent creative excellence trophy and two other awards. Uh, Mother London was also a big winner. Uh, four awards for its Uber Eats work and the BBC work. Um, today joining us is uh, Lindsay Atkin, uh, Executive Creative Director for Creative, uh, Zaid Al Kassab, uh, Chief Marketing Officer at Channel 4, uh, Miranda Hipwell, uh, Chief Exec at Adam and Eve DDB, and Martin Beverly, Chief Strategy Officer at Adam and Eve DDB. Hello and congratulations, everyone. How did you find the event? I know, Zaid, you weren't there, but how did everyone else party hard? Or? It was a brilliant night. You know, obviously it was amazing to win. And as you say, for the second year for us, so that just, you know, it never gets old. Winning is brilliant. And I think the other piece that was so lovely on the evening was actually sitting as a community and watching some of the work as a collective and sort of taking the time to just watch as a group. It felt really wonderful to do that, especially some of the brilliant work that these guys did, you know, sitting and watching the full length of the film on the Channel 4 iDents was just a wonderful moment. And I think just taking a moment, we all work so hard and everything moves so fast and actually having an evening to just sit back and enjoy some of the work was was brilliant. So yeah, it was a wonderful night. And of course, seeing lots of familiar faces and having fun. It was really good. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, we always sit at the back for Four Creative. Um, I think Gurdjieff or Maisie pointed out it's because we book so late and you always feel a little bit sad sitting at the back. But it's quite nice because you sort of see the whole room and you sort of see everything unfold. But, it, you know, we I bumped into um, to Lolly Thompson and, and Aidan from Wonderhood, a, a thing on Monday night, and we were chatting about, like, it felt really respectful in the room for the work. And I think not every awards do always feels like that you know we've all been at the ones like uh i mentioned no names where everyone talks through everything everyone talks through the work everyone talks through the speeches i think alex and i got up like fully prepared that no one was actually going to listen to sort of the opening um uh, uh bits and it was it was just it, i don't know it felt like there was a really nice vibe in the room considering we're all so viciously competitive um, it actually felt like everyone was kind of behind each other, which which felt really nice. And, you know, we had a good time. We drank loads. It was good. <laughs> so heads on Friday then. Yes. Uh, Lindsay, so you've mentioned um, Alex. So Alex Grief from BBH and uh, yourself, you co-chaired. Thank you so much. Uh, um, the, the awards and the judging process. Um, how did you find the process? Did you have to settle many disputes? Or? It's funny, actually, because when you when you chair because some things you you you're you're pulled into rooms because people are going we can't decide between this or do we have to give an award or we don't understand or it's a new thing or it's those sorts of things really a lot of decisions get made perfectly well without you frankly so you sort of Alex and I did a very good job of floating around with clipboards trying to look important and wise um but I think it was optics a lot of the time more than anything it's obviously hugely wonderful to be asked and to do it with someone like Alex was he's so wonderful he's so brilliant and so generous and I think he, campaign big judging is always great because it's every you know it's all this it's all the ecds it's always great you know rick's always there. it's there's so many brilliant people and you know and uh, with present company here you know rick and Ant and mike and people like that and it's it, they always say awards are awards are only worth the people that give them to you and i think with campaign big you know you you look around those jewel rooms and you think yeah do you know what if these people think it's all right it probably is 
That's really sweet. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, let's talk about the Channel 4 work first then. Um, so Lindsay and Zay, do you want to tell us a little bit about how your work has developed over the years? So the, um, I think, Lindsay, is this right? The, maybe I should know this anyway. The Consistent Creative Excellence Award, um, you entered work from the past four years, four and a half years? Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. I joined for creative four years ago so it just slightly preceded that it wants to kind of be that running and into that work and I think I think we chose 10 pieces um and put them in and I think we tried to choose a variety of stuff it wasn't just our big brand work you know or things for the paras but also some of the slightly more offbeat stuff like the Christmas ad we did a few years ago which our CEO still looks at me and she's like it's really strange Lindsay why did you do that so but I think you know we tried to put a mix of um of of, of big stuff and odd stuff because I think that's fundamentally what we we do a lot of we try and look at where those really big brand moments are every year but also basically where we can get away with something um a little bit stranger which we quite like so you've just rewritten our brand strategy, Lindsay. Big and odd. I do. Do you know Big what? I do odd. listen. It's, it's pretty I good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think, look, from my point of view, um, we love winning awards. Of course we do. Let's not pretend. Um, and it's very nice to be uh, creatively lauded because we're a small organization in, within a small company. Um, but I personally took a lot of pride for the whole team, you know, on behalf of everyone, on behalf of not just for creative, but the marketing people and the insight people and everyone else who's involved in winning that uh, Creative Excellence Award, because that isn't saying you're a flash in the pan and you can make one good piece of work. That's saying that over time, you're consistently doing great work. And that that takes a bigger team, right? That's, that's not the result of... Um, just Lindsay, although she does pilot it all. Uh, uh, but that is a result of everyone who works for Lindsay and everyone who writes the briefs and everyone who does the insight behind them and all of that. So I think it's just a really nice thing to win for the whole organisation. So how has your marketing strategy developed over the past four years? And how has this work kind of fit into that? Well, I, I also joined just over four years ago. In fact, Lindsay was my first hire. Uh, so uh, that worked out okay. Um and um, and we were a business that was very focused on the here and now. You know, what are we going to make tonight to make people watch the telly at nine o'clock, you know, on a Wednesday evening? Um, and what we did was change that into uh, an organization that cared about the brand and what we stood for. And a lot of the work Lind Lindsay referenced, you know, doing a Christmas campaign that didn't feature any TV show at all in it, um, doing the Paralympics work, which... Um, is for sport that we do relatively little of, um, doing the idents, which, you know, aren't pushing you to watch anything in particular, is all about the place that Channel 4 has in Britain. And, and that was really important to us, that, that the cultural role that we have in society today. So we set out to do that sort of work and to make that the consistent theme over time. And I think um, we've done a nice job of that. Lindsay, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the idents? Because the idents um, won some awards on Thursday night, didn't they? They did. What would you like to know, Gurdjit? Because honestly, I can talk for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> narrow, <laughs> narrow down what you'd like to know. What was your highlight of that? Because I think when we you were talking at Cyclope, you talked about um, there was one that took a lot of work 
that didn't look like it took a lot of it. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's the one that you smash and that was a lot of that a lot of post-production. Oh, yeah. Mike was talking about that one. That's the one that um, it's sort of the, the shattering room right towards the end. And that was we already had an incredibly complicated camera move. I think the beauty of the audience is it feels really simple and really hypnotic, but it was just I still don't understand the math that people way, 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 way smarter than me. It kind of was what art sort of met engineering and it was all of these things about how it works. But that then was, that camera move was then overcomplicated further with Optical Arches, Dan Tobin Smith studio, where it was kind of, I think it was almost something like 20 times slower that then had to be sped up in order to match to then fit the rest of the loops. We were shooting with real glass, you know, we had X amount of goes at it. Uh, because they all had to fall. It was all with kind of the um, vacuum and they all had to fall in a certain order for it to make sense. And I think I think we got one take, but it was sort of, you know, we shot, um, we shot nine in the studio over two days of normal in inverted commas loops. That, that one loop was a whole day shoot in and of itself. So I think it's just, it's just where people wanted to take it. And that was sort of the beauty of it. And it added to the texture, having so many different people and influences. And that was what, um, that was what Dan and optical arts wanted to do. And we said yes and covered our eyes and hoped it works. And Uh, thank God it did. I'm going to big Lindsay up because she's been very modest. You know, that project was 18 months um, it was um, studio shoots and location shoots and completely graphic work. Uh, and it was 17 different directors, I think, if I'm right. Um, and that's not including the talent who wrote and recorded with us. That's not including the several different you know, experts in sounds and graphics and everything else that we needed on top of the main production. Um, and some computer whiz kids who understood how it all fitted together scientifically, um, which apparently was very complicated, as they kept telling us. Um, so, you know, it was a mega piece of work to pull off. Um, I find the, the, it's like really ironic. There's one with like this completely naturalistic fox in a phone box that is entirely computer generated. And then there's something like, you know, that, that the, the smashing glass that you think, oh, it would be easy to do in CGI and computers. That is actually entirely filmed. So it's just kind of how you get to the end point is just really fascinating. Great. Let's have a listen to some of the work that uh, Lindsay and Zaid have uh, just mentioned. Once a man, twice a boy. In this life you'll be. I used to look up to my dad. Now he looks up to me. Roberto Baggio, Golazio, cross my heart and dash the key. Dirtle door, channel four, we're all mates from here on in. What's next for Kadena Cox? She's already went to under huge pressure. Now she's set her sights on Tokyo. She'll do it again. Okay, everyone, given everything, Santa's talking about cancelling Christmas. Any suggestions? Easter Bunny? Just leave the presents in the street. 
They'll find them. Why don't we go into the houses and leave teeth? Oh, what if instead of no one touching anyone, everyone touches everyone? No. What if Santa was sexy? That's horrible. You can't celebrate Christmas without teeth. I'm not sure that's true. Well, in my experience, it works best. How are you still working here? Nothing even happens on St. Patrick's Day. Stop making fun of me! Everybody, please. Okay, so let's move on to Adam and Eve DDB. <laughs> Say, don't make me laugh. <laughs> um, let's move on to uh, Adam and Eve DDB. Firstly, Miri, you've got a new job. Congratulations. Tell us about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. So um, I'm delighted, of course. I've been at the agency for a long time, as I think you know, so coming up for 12 years. And um, to have the chance to do this role is just you know, I, I would never have dreamed of that when I walked through the doors of Shorts Gardens 12 years ago. So it's wonderful. I think that, um, you know, it's obviously has its challenges because actually we're in a pretty good position as an agency. You know, we've had a really good year. We've got lots of external accolades and um, lots of brilliant things have happened in terms of new business. So I think it's it's the role of kind of make, you know, ensuring that we maintain that and maintain the momentum and the energy. And um, yeah, it's, it's a massive privilege you know, you were just talking just now about the work that you guys produced and all of those different experts and different points of view that come into making these beautiful pieces of creative. And I think that, you know, my role is to bring all of those brilliant people that work in the agency together to do that for all of our clients across every single brief. So it's super exciting. It's um, it's a brilliant opportunity for me. So, yeah, watch this space. Is there anything in particular you're working on first? I think that, you know, there, there are things, there are lots of small things that, that we're having to get done. I think we're working as a group to go, okay, what do we want to achieve in 2024? It's actually quite a good time of year to come into this role because you can go, okay, we can do what we need to do now. And then what do we want to aim for next year? I think we've had an incredibly good year in terms of creativity and all the work that we've created for our clients. There's a big uh, impetus to maintain that. So we're looking at how we do that and the work that's in the pipeline. I think that, you know, we, I've talked about it a lot, but we're a community that sort of work together. And I think the way that we continue to work as a community to create the best work is a real focus. We're in the office a lot more, as you know, we've got the foreign flex. And I think that Rick always talks about, we all talk about, we do our best work when we feel like we're in small gangs that sort of gather around things and sort of solve problems. We're a big agency and there are lots of us. So you sort of want to feel like a big community, but you also want to be able to just like focus on small things and feel like a little group of people that are gathered around um, particular client challenges. So, yeah, it's just sort of galvanizing that and making everyone feel part of the agency. That, that's a big focus. That's quite a big thing. <laughs> a lot of that, uh, Miri. Um, uh, Bevo, the, so the awards, uh, onto the big awards. So it's the second time, uh, second year in a row that you guys have won Agency of the Year. What, how does that feel and, you know, what does it mean for the agency? I mean, it's always great to win, isn't it? I think we're a kind of competitive bunch, as Lindsay was saying. Um, and hopefully two years in a row proves that it's not a complete fluke. Um but, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to get too carried away. Like, we're only as good as our next ad. So we're already thinking about next year. But also, I, I love, like, the Campaign Big Awards because, you know, all your friends from the industry go and you get to see them for the evening. So it's kind of a social thing as well as a, a kind of competitive thing. And I just love sitting there watching the work as well. Um, and, you know, I'm not just saying it because they're on the podcast, but I just adore those idents. Like, I... 
I just watch them and go like, you can feel the care that's gone into it. You know, I kind of hate spoken word on ads, but, but I love the spoken word on those idents, like weirdly. Um, and, you know, I'm a planner, so I don't get to sit on black pencil juries, but it's got to be up there for that kind of award. So, yeah, just, just watching the work and reminding ourselves of why we're in this industry is always a good thing, I think. I think also talking to the agency about it and, you know, because there were a certain number of us that were there on the night, but to be able to come back and talk about the night that we had and bringing back that award and it makes everyone feel a real sense of pride and everyone's doing their own thing and getting things done. But that sort of moment to reflect as an agency and go, this recognition is really important. You know, it makes everyone feel part of something and it helps with that momentum as we sort of move forward. So, yeah, it means a lot. Would you like to tell us about some of the work that won on the night? Because I think they, you had baby scan for Marmite, yeah. pot needle. I mean, Go on. Yeah, I'll so let you talk. Marmite, I'm, I know I'm a bit biased, but I'm just a lover of that campaign. Just, It's such a privilege to work on it. It's been running for 27 years now. And our job with every brief is how do you stick this sticky jar of yeast and extract right in the front of people's minds and... We've got a campaign that we can tap into and there's a big challenge for Marmite, which is they've got to recruit the next generation of lovers. So that that was the kind of focus. And I guess with this campaign, we took that to the extreme. Like he went so into young. the womb. <laughs> yeah, they've not even been born yet. But <laughs> Early adopters. Yeah. Um, we, we'd found this study uh, from, I think it was Durham University, and they had tested uh, babies' reactions in the womb to different foods and I think they tested the carrot and kale to see like how whether they smile or sort of frown in disgust and we just thought well that would be quite funny if we did that for Marmite uh, to see the reactions and so we actually did it as a kind of pseudo-scientific experiment and you can see babies faces either smile or screw up and we invited like expectant parents to take part and the whole thing's a bit of fun really but it's also you know it's, it, it is targeting the next generation we want to get people kids into Marmite and families is a key audience so yeah I, I'm I'm very proud of that campaign I think it's I think it's good fun and it, it became very famous without too much money behind it as well and then the other word that one was pot noodle and um was it hope frontline front line, sorry yeah. yeah 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 so yeah pot noodle was another fun one you know it's such an amazing product and we had you know it was a kind of irreverent campaign and actually it's an idea that we produced with with our partners here in Cain and Abel and we created that amazing film and and you know all of the content and it just felt like something again that someone sparked with the idea and then we made it you know in a very sort of quick turnaround environment and then of course it's sort of received all these brilliant accolades so yeah that that was a really fun one and and the frontline work is um, a continuation of uh, a campaign that we launched during you know the the sort of COVID crisis but the NHS crisis continues in terms of how those frontline workers are kind of suffering. And so to create that radio um, line where people could listen into these messages of support is just something that, you know, we we did back in the uh, moment of COVID, but we continue to support that and create work that sort of evolves that, that content and that campaign. So it's something that, you know, of course, is very close to our hearts, given the importance and the impact of that on our public health workers. Okay, let's have a little uh, listen to some of the work that you've mentioned. It's a question many expectant parents ask themselves. What are we having? 
So we used science to find out. A recent study has shown that babies in the womb may be able to taste what their mothers have eaten via the amniotic fluid. Which led us to doing our own study. Madam, it's meant to be five grams per slice. I love Mama. OK, sure. <laughs> Here you go, madam. Sir? Oh, uh, it's, it's not for you. Oh, she loves it. So, Mary, you spoke a little bit about what uh, we can expect from Adam and Eve next year. Um, Bevo, were you able to talk about some of the work that we could expect? Do you think you'll be going for a third year of uh, Agency of the Year? Well, I don't Naturally. Know. Well, yeah, we've got a few campaigns that we're excited about, and we've also got some new clients that we're going to be making our sort of debut work for, so that's exciting. Obviously, Gurdjie, I'm not going to tell you what the ideas are. Um, but, I, but I also think... Um, you know, I think last time I was on this podcast getting a grilling from you, you asked me if we'd reached peak purpose. And, you know, I think we definitely have now. And, you know, the, even the CEO of Unilever, the kind of poster child for purpose, has said, you know, it's probably not right for every brand. So I hope we're going to see like a return to really proudly populist, entertaining work that's not afraid of selling uh, and... I hope that Adam and Eve can kind of lead the charge on that because that's what the industry probably needs to get back to. Um, also, there's the cost of living crisis continues. So I think we'll still see brands either being a kind of ally to the problem. So, you know, offering great value or, you know, services that can help those that really need it. And I hope we see more of that. But also just being an antidote to it. Like, I love it when you see a kind of just stupid, silly, entertaining campaign it's just an antidote to what's going on because I think that's probably what the public like mm -hmm. from advertising. So I think we'll see more of that. And and I, I'd love to see Adam and Eve just continue to push work in all sorts of shapes and sizes and standards because, um, you know, as, as Miri was saying, I, I love the fact that we can do a silly pot noodle ad about stuffing holes with noodles and then also have um, something that helps the mental health crisis with the NHS. So... Um, I still want to kind of across the board have that breadth of work. Uh, Lindsay and Zaid, what can we expect from Channel 4 next year? Well, uh, there's this thing called the Paralympics coming next year. We've been working on it for a while now. The last three efforts have won Cannes Grand Prix, which, uh, you know, no pressure. So I think we feel that's pretty daunting. We'll do our best, but uh, we might we might duck and we even do something different that doesn't even qualify for uh, for that category. Let's see. Uh, and uh, then we will, you know, get back to the drawing board on what people need in the cost of living crisis. As I just said, I think there'll be a lot more fun, lighthearted stuff because um, although we're a purposeful brand, um, we also have stuff that people just enjoy. The reaction to our Bake Off work this year was fantastic just because it was joyful and fun. And I think there's a need for a little bit of that. So it won't be all serious from us. What do you think, Linz? No, I think that's probably true. I think um, we'll have those 
we'll have those moments that feel we, we always want the Paralympics to feel very full, but it is a really important thing. Like the Paralympics is it's so important to force. So I think you feel the weight of responsibility on stuff like that. And then, you know, I think this year, some of our highlights have been stuff like party gate and, and the, 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 the climate that we, that, you know, we, we came up with recently where it's just coming at things with fun. I think, you know, I, I talked in, um, when Alex and I um, did our welcome speeches the other day about work, you can tell people have had fun making. And I think and you can honestly, you know, um, me and Bev have been talking about Marmite. You always see that in the Marmite work. Like it's like, you know, it feels like someone has had a good time. I really think that you can tell that in work. And I think we, um, we've had a few bits like that this year, you know, the, the, the Bake Off spot as well, obviously Zoe and Sal, who are now back in the good hands of Adam and Eve had a very strong hand in, but, um, but yes, I think trying to have a good time, it's not always the easiest in this industry anymore. You know, the pressure is on budgets, accountability, measuring stakeholders, all of it. And I think, remembering that actually we are supposed to have fun and reminding our teams that it is supposed to be fun. And then hopefully that plays out in the work. And not to make it too much of a loving, but I, I see that. I love that in the pot noodle stuff of, you know, it brings out the, the student me that's somewhere inside from 30 years ago. And, you know, and it, and it's, and it's not trying to be anything that it isn't. It's, it's, it's not got a greater purpose. It's just really nice for filling you up when you're hungry. And, I just think that sort of thing is much needed in the world at the moment. So I wanted to, Zaid, you touched on Cannes there. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about Cannes a little bit. They, I think we wrote a story last week. It was um, they've launched a humour category. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, let's start with Lindsay. I mean, look, I think it's great that we are encouraging it. I think, I think though, by pulling it out, not without being cynics of just as another slightly, <laughs> it's another another category we can pay for. Um, is you sit in these rooms and people go, oh well, should this win here because it might win in that, and it might. And I, I think what I would hate to see is then the stuff that's winning elsewhere, TV, cinema, online film always ends up being serious stuff because oh well if it's funny it has to be awarded in the humor category, and I think they aren't that it isn't mutually exclusive. And I think what it does is it makes it feel like it's an entity in and of itself when it's simply another tonal lever you pull within your brand, within the, you know, whatever you are trying to do. So I think I, I worry a little about making it feel like it's an exclusive preserve rather than just part of something we we should be looking at, whether it's the right answer to the to the problem. And I, I checked the calendar to see if it was April Fool's Day because, you know, I, I think everything should have a touch of humour and everything should have a touch of seriousness and everything should have, you know, a touch of uh, poignancy and, you know, and so on. Um, but I'm waiting for them to announce the um, ads that make you cry category next year or maybe the ads that make you go, ah, oh, bless. Um, because honestly, that's, our job is to play with people's emotions. I, 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 I don't really approve. However, I'm sure we'll enter it. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? We all sit there and go, "God, it's ridiculous," and then we're like, "How, how much is it?" Because we'll, um, we'll do it. <laughs> Mary and Bevo, what do you think? Yeah, it's kind of funny though. Like, ironically, isn't it? Because then all the other categories are sort that it's the channel rather than the style. So I know you say it's a bit playful there, but like, would you have like a scary category or a tearjerker category? Like, 
where does that sort of stop? And then are you, are you judging the idea or how funny it is? Um, but I think it's just a reaction to the fact that I think Cam would know and the industry knows that the purpose pendulum swung far too far. It all got too serious. And so this is a kind of response to that, which, you know, regardless of any awards as a, as a kind of planner, I would love to see more funny advertising out there because there is so much evidence that it works. Um, so that hopefully will be a good sort of repercussion of this, even if it's a little bit of a, a funny thing to do. It's interesting it can though, isn't it? Because any global award, there is work which just does not travel and look. I know you have the cultural um, uh, reference point at the end of the entry, which is, you know, tell the jury something. that, But it is tough. Like if your work really speaks to a certain market or a certain locale, um, whether or not you feel like that boxing might happen, you add humour on top of that as well, which is often very culturally specific. I mean, it's hugely subjective anyway, but very much within that. It, I will be fascinated to see what an international jury goes. Yeah, we all decided that that's we funny. We think that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Are, are carbon <laughs> skid marks funny everywhere? Right? <laughs> I, I believe I believe they are actually. I believe actually that <laughs> they travel. Yes, absolutely. Yes, but only travels sustainably. That's the important thing. What are your thoughts, Mary? I mean, I do think that people are so focused on can right or wrong. I think that people are always thinking, you know, in the back of their minds how might this work perform there? So I think to Bevo's point, having something that intentionally hopefully makes people go, do you know what, there is this movement towards humour can only be a good thing. I mean, I recognise all the other sort of challenges with it because, yeah, like not everyone laughs at the same joke. So how do you evaluate this stuff? But I think that because it is such a big force within the industry, it could, you know, it probably does have a positive impact that we start to think about that work and sort of swing as you say the pendulum away from this sort of purposefulness that you know was was led by many big client organizations that you know talked about it and wanted it across every single brand which you know didn't feel right but I think that there is a place for purpose there is a place for humor they don't have a purpose category per se I suppose you know so that's something to think about but I think it's probably gonna throw up some interesting work and start some interesting conversations so it's probably not a bad thing. Great. So that is all we have time for today. Thank you all for joining us and congratulations on your awards. Um, all the winners from the big awards, along with the lovely short profiles, are are available on our website at campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And a big thank you to Haymarket studio producer Till Owen and also our producer Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio. And to you for listening, I hope you will join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. <laughs>